Well, praise God. We, um, we've been in a series called God is With You, and we, uh, I want to continue on what we were talking about specifically last week about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's look briefly at Hebrews 13, verse 5. This has been our text. Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, let, it, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. That means he's with us right now. That's, that means he'll be with us this week. He is with us. And we've been talking about different aspects of that. Look at John 14, 15. We'll read this. We, we've read this before. It said, if you, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Well, that kind of sounds like he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. So we, we, I want to touch on a, a few things we covered last week and then get into... Uh, some specific uh, scriptures, just some examples of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, we talked about, so we're, we, we, are, we focus some on being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a subsequent experience to salvation. So you get born again, the Spirit comes to dwell in you, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience afterwards. We'll see that more clearly in the scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So we read a few of these scriptures last week. This is just some benefits to speaking in other tongues, to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So you're speaking to God. You don't understand with your mind, but God understands, and he's the one giving you the ability to speak his perfect will out, even though you don't know necessarily what to pray for. You can speak out mysteries. You can speak out things that aren't known to you, but which God can help you to pray. You're praying to him. It'd be like if you knew exactly what to pray and you were asking him without any knowledge. If you didn't know what to pray, he gives you the ability to do that even though you don't have knowledge. Well, then you can pray the perfect will of the Father in every situation. That is very powerful. And we talked about that some last week. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is fruitful. So it's your spirit that's praying. Your mouth is hooking up with your spirit. Of course, your, your brain is helping your, your lips to articulate and all that kind of stuff. But it's the source of what you're saying that's your spirit, not your head. In other words, you're not thinking of those words. The, the inspiration's coming from your heart. Of course, it's coming out your mouth. 
and your brain's helping that to happen, but the source of it's not your brain. You're hooking up with your heart, and God can give you uh, inspiration to do that, so those words are coming from Him. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I also will pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I also will sing with understanding. So uh, Paul is showing both types of prayers. Praying with the understanding, that means with your, your mind. I mean, knowing uh, the Scripture, praying out things you know, and then praying with the Spirit, praying directly in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, we went over all these Scriptures last week, so I'm just, uh, just going over these briefly. It says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing this. So he's saying, I, I speak with tongues more than you all. He's talking to the church at, at Corinth. So this is something that you can do actively and something you can practice. It's not just for a few people. It's for every Christian. Jude 20 in 21, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So we saw, if you pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. You're praying in the Holy Spirit, through your spirit, you build yourself up. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says something similar. It says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Himself. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So that's building up. The word edify there means like recharging a battery. It's the same type of thing like what you would use to say when a battery is being recharged. Well, you're building yourself up. You're edifying. You're recharging. So we can see here, you, when you're speaking in other tongues, you're, you're praying out mysteries. You're building yourself up. You're edifying yourself. You can pray with your understanding. You can pray with the Spirit. You can pray things out that you don't have any intellectual knowledge of. So God gave us the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we could be witnesses and so that we could flow in the fullness of His will on the earth even though we don't have perfect knowledge. Now the Bible says eventually, later in, in 1 Corinthians, actually it's early in 1 Corinthians 13, that eventually tongues will cease. You won't need to speak in tongues eventually. You'll know. In heaven, you'll know. The Bible says you'll know even as you're known. But here, you don't have that knowledge. And we need to speak things out and have the ability to speak things out that even our intellect can't comprehend. Now, what we're going to do, now I want to go further. and uh, We're going to go over scriptures, uh, mostly in Acts, just showing how the early church received this gift receive this experience. First of all, go to Mark. We'll see a reference here, and then we're going to get into Acts. Mark 16, verse 14, it says, Later he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. 
They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, talking about things that will happen to those who believe. Speaking with tongues, speaking with new tongues is one of them. Now let's go to Acts 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the, the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now at this point, Jesus has already gone to the cross, and he's come back and he's talked to him. So those disciples that believed on him are born again at this point. And he says, wait, when the, for when the, uh, verse 8, can you put up verse 8 again? It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And he's telling them, wait for this. Well, he's talking to them right now. They already believe. They've seen him. They believe he rose from the dead. They believe he's Lord. Then Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, God, Jesus is raised from the dead. They believe him. And we talked about that uh, not too long ago uh, on Easter. The, the, the resurrection uh, is key, and the witnesses of the resurrection is key. I mean, we believe because people witness that. Well, these are the witnesses. They, believe, they saw it. Now, some of them didn't believe at first. They're like, nah, that didn't happen. Then they saw him. They believed. So at this point, they believe, they believe he's Lord, they are born again. And Jesus told them, wait to be for power to come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, the Holy Spirit's in them. We've been talking about God being with us. He's, he's in them at this point. God, the Holy Spirit is in every born-again believer. But this is a subsequent experience. And you're going to see this in the early church, the way it happened. So let's go down to Acts 2, verse 1. So Jesus told them in the verses we just read, wait, wait for this experience. Now when the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost was 50 days after Passover, so after what, the resurrection, we celebrate what we call Easter, Resurrection Sunday. This is 50 days after uh, Passover, but then, you know, basically seven weeks after um, Easter Sunday, is Pentecost, the 50th day. And so, just think about it logically. You can leave the verse up, but just think about it logically. Jesus has already done the work. He's going to ascend to heaven. He wouldn't tell him, wait, and what, what ends up being 50 days before you're actually born again. Because that's what some, you know... People won't believe that uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, they'll say, well, that's just, that's just when you're born again. No, it's not. This is, this is when the day of Pentecost had fully come, this happened. 
When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them uh, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. So they were filled and something happened. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now we're going to see this um, in other verses as well, but speaking with other tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. It is the initial evidence. They were filled and they began to speak. Excuse me, I have a tickle there. Acts 8, verse 4. So that's the initial time when the group that was all in the upper room, they were all filled. Now we see another instance in Acts 4, or 8, verse 4. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So go back to verse 5 before we go on. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. What does that mean? If he preached Christ, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching that they can be born again. And then uh, go, we'll go to verse 6. It says, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. So they're listening. Now skip down to verse 12. It says, When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the king kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they believed Philip. What did he preach? Christ. What is that? The gospel. They believed him. And the name of the Jesus Christ, they believed the name uh, the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of, the, of, of Jesus Christ. So both men and women were baptized. So they were born again. Right? They got Christ preached to them. They believed, they received it, and they were baptized. Now you have to remember, this is the early church. They are just starting out. And so the first instance we have is they're all in the upper room. They didn't even know what to expect. The Holy Spirit falls on them, comes upon them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. So they're going preaching the gospel now. These people were born again. We just read that. So now look at verse 14, Acts 8, verse 14. 
It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, so they heard about this, they received the word of God, they're born again, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we just read they were born again, right? They received the word. Well, so you have to understand what's going on here. This is the early church. They don't, they're just learning. This is the first time. So they now, um, these people are born again. And now they send Peter and John, the apostles, now that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So look at the next verse, verse 16. Let's go back to verse 15. So they had sent Peter and John, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. But we know they're born again. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Hold right there then. So you know they were born again. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> well, that's not, that's not saying they got born again. We know they already received the Lord Jesus. They got baptized. They believe that. So we know they have the Spirit of God inside of them, but this is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And now verse 18, look at what you can see this. When Simon saw through the, that through the laying on the, of of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Go, go back to verse 18, the beginning of it. When Simon saw... Well, you can't see if it's just spiritual. What did he see? Well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. How would you know? He saw something. It said he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered him money. So his motives are wrong. Saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So he saw something is the point. They were born again. The, the, uh, Peter and John came, laid hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit, and there was an evidence. So here, it doesn't say specifically that they spoke in tongues, but what did they see? We know in Acts uh, 2, 2, verse 4, that they received the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues. Here it doesn't explicitly mention it, but they saw something. It's logically, you can conclude logically that it's the same thing. We're going to see other verses. And so as we, we're showing evidence here, because even if you've spoken in tongues for a long time, this, this bolsters uh, your confidence in why you speak, because this has been assaulted for a long time in, the, in, in Christianity, well, people don't know the Word. You're going to reject the Word then to reject being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's very clear. It's not some fringe thing. These are the apostles. You know, the, the apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. That's not like I'm a fringe case. These are the apostles. This is something that was uh, front and center. Jesus said, you're born again. Don't leave home until you get this. So this isn't some for a few people. He, said, he didn't tell them, just go out, it's good. You know, some of you may get it. It's all, it's all cool. No, he said, wait for it. 
All right, let's look at Acts 9, verse 10. It says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Now, so this is uh, after Saul, who became Paul, was stopped at the road of Damascus, and he saw a vision here. He saw Jesus. He, he was blinded by the light, and Jesus spoke to him, and he said, Lord, who are you? Well, Saul, or Paul then, was, was uh, blinded by that. He was Saul at this point, blinded by the light. So here, the Lord is speaking to a disciple, Ananias, and telling him, so giving him some instructions. So, verse 11, it says, So the Lord said to Ananias, to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Saul on the road, he hit the floor and said, Lord, who are you? He said, I am Jesus, who you're persecuting. Oh, what they're saying is true. I believe at this point, he's already born again. I mean, you don't have to make a stretch. He's already seen Jesus. He knows he's risen from the dead. And notice it said, um, notice that Ananias, put up verse 17 again. Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, brother, called him brother. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice he didn't say, I'm praying that you may get saved. He said that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Same language that we've seen in other places for this subsequent experience. I don't think that's logically inconsistent at all to say, he's born again at this point. He bowed the knee when Jesus appeared to him, and he realized, oh, the one I've been persecuting, he is actually Lord. And so here, it says that he, he prayed for him that he may receive his sight. So he received his sight, and evidently was filled with the Spirit. Now here, it doesn't say that he spoke with other tongues, but we know that Paul wrote which we read earlier, that I speak with tongues more than you all. He had to get filled at some place. Ananias said, I'm here to get you filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not logically inconsistent to say that this is the point he got filled and obviously he started speaking in tongues. At some point, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That point, uh, <clears throat> it would follow that it's here. Now, the two points that I read... These, these that I just read are the only two places it doesn't say they actually spoke with tongues, but it's implied. And the other two that I'll read for a total of five, there's five instances where the being filled with the Holy Spirit are mentioned in the Acts. Three of the five, it specifically mentions that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the other two, it's implied. 
Here it's implied because Paul did speak with other tongues, and the other one is where Simon saw something. And uh, doesn't mention it specifically, but it's implied that there was something there. Now let's look at Acts 10, verse 44. You can leave the scripture up, but just to give the background here. Um, so this is the account of Cornelius. Cornelius was a good man, but he wasn't, he, he wasn't a Christian, but he supported the synagogue. He was a Gentile. He wasn't Jewish, and, but he sought God and honored God. And so he saw in a vision, Peter coming. Peter saw a vision about uh, not calling anything unclean that God has made clean. He didn't know what it meant. And then there's some people from Cornelius' house come and ask Peter to come. And so he realized what God was saying, that the gospel was for the Jewish people as well. So he comes, and, and Cornelius has all his household there and uh, ready to hear. And so uh, Peter is preaching the gospel to him. And that's where we pick up here. So they're all assembled. These are Gentile people. Peter is preaching that Jesus died and rose from the dead. Verse 14, or 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. <clears throat> and those of the circumcision, that means the Jewish people, who believed were astonished. For as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the, out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So these are Gentiles, non-Jewish people, are listening to Peter preach. And in the middle of that, they're like, yeah, I believe that. And then the same thing, right after the Holy Spirit is moving in that place, nobody laid hands on him in this, in this case, and they just start speaking in tongues. And these guys are flabbergasted that the Gentiles are now, that, that they're being born again, and that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on them. And that they're speaking with tongues. They heard it. So that's, again, uh, the initial evidence of them being filled with the Spirit. How did they know that they were filled with the Spirit? For they heard them speak with tongues. That's how they knew. Acts 19, verse 1. <clears throat> Acts 19, verse 1. I encourage you, like, you know, these you can mark. Put a mark in your Bible with these, uh, and you can go back and look at them yourself, but if you ever had to lead somebody through, you know, you can go through the different parts in Acts and do exactly what we're doing here. Show, you know, this isn't illogical. This is not unscriptural. It's very scriptural. Show, it, 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 it's, um, let the word speak for itself. You know, if you have somebody that has questions. Acts 19, verse 1 says, And it happened... While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, that he, they said to him We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what 
then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized uh, with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So they, were, they had believed, they were disciples, but they didn't know about the Holy Spirit at all. They were baptized then in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then Paul laid hands on them, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. So you can see that they spoke with other tongues as an evidence of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. So in three of the five instances and acts of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it explicitly says they spoke with tongues. That's in Acts 2.4, 10.46, and 19.6. The other two instances are implied in Acts 8 and 9. And then of three of the five of, of the biblical instances uh, in Acts of being filled with the Spirit, three of the five had... Um, had those that were receiving had um, let hands laid on them. Now, you don't have to have hands laid on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's not a bad way to receive because three of the five times, that's what happened. But you saw like with the Gentiles and uh, when they were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit just fell on them and they began to speak. That's scriptural too. Now look at Romans 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God what we were talking about earlier, but I wanted you to see this. It says uh, that you can, that basically the Holy Spirit is making intercession according to the will of God, even though you don't know what to pray as you ought. And it says with uh, groanings which cannot be uttered. In the contemporary English version, it says in certain ways we are weak, but the Spirit is here to help us. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays for us in ways that cannot be put into words. Now that says not be put into words. Everyone says utterance, but there, uh, utterance means to pronounce, to speak, uh, to express. And there's a note uh, in one commentary, actually Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary. It, it says the word, the utter, uttering also means uh, that which cannot be expressed in articulate language. So you're speaking, but it's not necessarily, it's not something that you can articulate in your normal language. But the Spirit of God is praying through you. And this, what I want you to get here, here it says groanings which not, cannot be uttered, uh, not in articulate speech. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. See, people get hung up on that. <clears throat> I remember, you know, when I was filled with the Spirit when I was young, I'm thinking it sounds weird. Well, 
any number of things, could, any number of languages that are just earthly languages could sound weird if you don't know them. You know, you've heard the expression, what's well, all Greek to me? I don't know. If you, if you can't speak Greek and you hear somebody Greek, speaking Greek, I mean, there's parts of it that can sound different. There's all kinds of dialects in, in different areas of the, the world, you know, and uh, like we, I was in Phili the Philippines for a missions trip and a lot in the mainland and a lot of the country, they'll speak English. Uh, they'll know English at least, but everybody pretty much would, would speak some kind of dialect of Tagalog was a, a common language, but then some of them could speak English. If you got outside of the city, it became less and less. And then it was kind of like, even the Tagalog, they, there was different dialects of it. Kind of like in, you know, we have here in, in the U.S. where you go to different parts of the country, there's different accents. It's still English, but sometimes you're like, what did you say? You know, a real thick accent, you're like, oh, you're saying I didn't understand that. Well, we, that's just a dialect, but there's parts where if you heard somebody speak in some dialect of some language you didn't know, it sounds like gibberish maybe to you, but they're speaking the language. You know, I was over, they had to translate for me. And we'd be sharing the gospel and we'd say something and then they'd say something in their language. I didn't know what it was. That doesn't mean it's not valid. You know, you, you heard me, uh, you know, last week we touched on this. Uh, but there's all kinds of different ways of communicating that isn't even language. You know, we mentioned Morse code. I don't know Morse code. If you never knew what Morse code was and you just heard, you know, those, those tones, you might think, where's that coming from and what's going on? Is some electronic thing malfunctioning or what? It just sounds like just a pattern. If you did not know that was a communication, then you'd think something is just making a noise. It sounds like it's, you know, beep, 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 beep. It's like, what is it doing? You, you, you know, we, a lot of, most, well, I don't know most nowadays, it, people wouldn't say, oh, that's Morse code, and I don't know it, but it's, it's something uh, that's trying to communicate. We don't have a lot of uh, opportunity to hear that. But there's all kinds of other languages, like, uh, you know, for instance, I was talking to somebody last week about it. I, I have a... I mean, I've been a software engineer um, and programmed a lot, and there's all kinds of languages uh, as you're programming, and if you don't have a background in that, it will look like gibberish to you. And if I read it to you, it would sound like gibberish, and, this, and especially the lower you go to, like, the machine, it just gets worse and worse as far as intelligibility for the average human. And then to you, where you get down to the hardware, it's just ones and zeros. It's kind of like Morse code. I mean, it's just, you, you just look at a page, literally. If you looked at a page of down at the lowest level of what uh, the applications that are running on your phone look like, it would be just patterns of ones and zeros, which is completely unintelligible to almost any person. I mean, some people maybe, you know, they really memorize, I, I don't know. I mean, to really look at it, to, you're not going to know what it's saying. And so what they do is they break it into, try to make it more intelligible and, and, and make it more like human language. But it still is communication. And so as far as speaking in our tongues, people go, well, I, I don't understand this. This sounds weird to me. Probably not any more weird than Morse code or some language you don't know. Get over that. 
And I'm, you know, if you, if you already are filled with the Spirit and you're speaking in tongues, don't, don't get out of your head. That's going to be a key to really flowing in the, the things and getting the most out of it is shut off your head and just start flowing through your, your spirit. The more you do, the more you'll get further in that, the more you're developing that over time. Because you're listening to your head. If you're just analyzing and like, oh, well, you're just in your head, you're not hooking up fully with your heart. Um, but it doesn't matter. My point is with this, it doesn't matter what it, what it sounds like. I've heard different people that I respect a lot. I mean, it doesn't sound like more than a few syllables. Don't worry about that. Well, it's repetitious. You know, don't worry about that. Just push in. Uh, when a baby learns how to speak, it's repetitious. Doesn't mean they're not communicating, especially when you're first filled. Don't think about that. Go past it. And just press in. You got to know what the Word of God says. I mean, you don't have to. People got, we saw examples, it just fell on them and they started speaking. But you can know what the Word of God says. And then if there's challenges in your head, you go by what the Word says and just push on anyway in the Spirit and just jump out and press forward. That's the way so many things are with the, with the things of God. Just believe what God said. You get out there and, and start yielding. Start speaking. Turn off your head. You may have a battle with your head. That's not abnormal. Your head will go, what are you doing? You're wasting time. What are you doing? You're making that up. What are you doing? You know, you, you're trying to, you start to, your mind's trying to think about something else. That's, that's all normal. You just have to push it back and go, shut up. We're going to press into this. Oh, no, I fell asleep and I was trying to speak in tongues. Done it. Just wake up and go on. It, okay, you're speaking, you know, you're praying in tongues, and you're like, I'm going to praise, you know, some concerted effort it, and you wake, you, you know, you start to doze off and realize I've been sleeping. Darn it, I was going to speak this time, and just go on. Stand up. Do something, you know, get to where, um, you know, if you're laying across the bed, you're asking for it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I, I've done that, but you've got to balance it with, you know, hey, if you're starting to get drowsy, get up and move around. There's a natural side to life, too. You don't float around as soon as you start speaking other tongues. Brother Hagin would talk about it. He, he, I remember one instance uh, reading. He was talking about how he was, he was speaking in tongues, <laughs> and this was when it was kind of early on. He was like, I'm concerned. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in other tongues and believe in the benefits of it, and he's going to start praying stuff out, and he's like, surely it's been like an hour and a half or whatever time he said, and he looks down, and it's like been 10 minutes. It's like, oh, Lord, because he had said, I'm going to pray for an hour or something. It's like, surely I've just done this, and then, you know, that went on. He got through an hour, and the devil just wished me had this thought, which he knew was the devil. It's against the word, and it came from out here, and the, the, the thought came, well, that was an hour wasted. You just wasted that hour. He goes, just for that, I'm going to pray another hour, <laughs> and he prayed another hour, and the same thing, devil came, well, now you've wasted two hours ago. Just for that, I'm going to pray. I can't remember if he said he's going to pray another hour or two hours. Anyway, I think it was that time. He ended up praying like five hours and something, and then he just hit a gusher. And just, he, I mean, it was just, he was just in the spirit praying, and he was getting, things were just re revelation and, and, and direction. And he had pressed past that and just got to the place where he was just flowing in it. My point is, okay, 
We live in a body. We have a mind. This is real. You may have thoughts like that too. You may bump up against something. You would have thoughts. The devil, if, it's, if, there's, if you're pressing into the things of the Spirit, yeah, the devil's going to try to shut it down and say, you just wasted your time. Know when you get that thought who it is and tell it to shut up and go on. And all these other physical things, yeah, you're going to have to deal with your flesh. You're going to have to deal with your mind. That's all normal. So if you know that, then you don't feel like, well, I'm not spiritual. I don't know. what. No, that, that can happen to anybody. It's what you do with it. You know, it's the same like your, your flesh is, if you just listen to your flesh, your flesh is going to want to do anything it wants to do in any area. And so we got to discipline it in that area just the same way and just know that's normal. Everybody's got flesh. Let's look at one more scripture, uh, Luke 11, verse 10. Luke 11, verse 10, then Jesus said, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus has said, if he's given an example, like, you know, if a father is asked, if a son asks the father for some of these things, he's going to give him the right thing. And then Jesus is saying, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In other words, if you ask, you're going to get the right thing. You're not going to get the wrong thing. People say, well, what if I ask and, you know, be something wrong, something not the Holy Spirit. You'll get the right thing. You're born again. Jesus said you'll get it. Number one, it's, it's not something that you have to worry about. Well, I'm just one of those that can't receive or that he won't give it. That's not scriptural. It's for every Christian. Number two, you'll get the right thing every time. And all we have to do is receive. Amen? Amen. Now, this is just, uh, I think, we give an opportunity here, but I believe most of us are filled with the Holy Spirit in here. But going over some things that will help us be strengthened and practically walk some of these things out. You know, for real. Not just theory, but, but uh, strengthen our faith and walk some of these things out. Praise God. Now, uh, if there's anybody here that hasn't been filled with the Spirit, this is a good opportunity. You know, I'll pray with you up here. If you're online and haven't been pray, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, you can receive right there. But uh, we'll take time afterwards. Is there anybody, I'll just ask, because I mean, otherwise, here, is there anybody that hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit that, that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I think everybody here has been. And that's kind of what I thought. So we're, this is encouraging you and strengthening you uh, in those things and to, to be able to walk that, walk those things out. Now, if you're online, it's the easiest thing in the world to be filled, but it's kind of hard to lead you, you know, online and to be able to, to, uh, to go over some of these things. But basically, if you, if you reach out to God and say, what's that? Yeah, exactly. 
I, if you if you would, I mean, you could. It's something that you could just pray by yourself. Just say, Lord, I want to be filled. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you according to the Word. He'll fill you. If you'd like somebody to walk uh, with you through it, I should you know, speak to you online. If, if you haven't been filled, you want somebody to walk through you, call us. We'll walk you through. We'll, you know, it's easy to say. I can get you know people. Uh, we could talk on the phone, and God can fill you on the phone just as easy as he can in person. But... Uh, you know, contact us, or you just ask him yourself. But if you want anything, you know, want some help walking through it, you can do that. And we have some information. If you, if, if you haven't received this book already, we have a book called Why Tongues that we can send to you. And if you want, if, if anybody online, or anybody really here, if you don't have the book, let us know if you're in here. Uh, but online, just let us know. Contact card, or um, to contact us. Just send a, send a note that say, hey, I'd like to have that book, Why Tongues, and we'll send it to you. And that'll walk you through some stuff too. But it's not something that's hard. This is not something that is way out there. This is for advanced Christians. Jesus, right at the beginning of the church, said, you don't need to go any further until you get this. So it is like first, you know, some of the first things we're supposed to get. It is the first thing we're supposed to get as a Christian. And it's, and it's, it's standard equipment. This is not something that's supposed to be out there like, ooh, super advanced, ooh, I got to really try to get it. No, it's easy. It's Jesus said that if you ask, you'll get it. We saw people that didn't even ask. They got born again, boom, it happened. So this is, we should expect that we ask, boom, it's there. And all it is usually is a tweak that we just need to know how to ask, know what to look for, and then just move forward. And you can help people be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not hard. You, 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 you can have the scriptural the scripture is ready. You don't have to, you know, study for two years uh, to be able to be qualified. You can take these same scriptures. All these scriptures are available. They'll be available on, um, you know, where you listen to the messages on the website. There's a little downloads button. You can click on that. You can get it in PDF. You can get it in a Word document. You can just take them. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't write them all down, you can mark them in your Bible. You can take a sheet. You can put them on your phone. Somebody has a question? Hey, you can lead them and uh, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Show them. This isn't some weird doctrine. This is what the, the early church walked in. This is something that will help you in your Christian life. This is something that Jesus said we want. And be bold about it. I'm not saying you shove that down anybody's throat, but be bold. You don't have to be ashamed. Be bold. Be confident if this ever comes up. Well, yeah, do you speak in tongues? You do. No. Yes, I do. Do you? You don't? Why not? Yeah, I do. Don't you? Amen?